5. Hallelujah. This is very important. This, this is something that every Christian must remember. Amen? Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. If I let's use NLT. Moreover, brethren, I would not, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, what happened to our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. God guided all of them by sending a cloud that moved along ahead of them. And he brought them all safely through the waters of the sea on dry ground. As followers of Moses, they were all baptized into the cloud and the sea. And all of them ate the same miraculous food. And all of them drank the same miraculous water. For they all drank from the miraculous rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Yet, after all this, God was not pleased with most of them. And he destroyed them in the wilderness. You, you can continue. Till I say so. Amen. Is cutting the flow. These events happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. And we must... Okay, hallelujah. Father God, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. How to maintain your position. Amen. How to maintain your position. Number one, you maintain your position by having faith in God. Oh, hallelujah. You and I maintain our position by having faith in God. Number two, you maintain your position by staying close to God. Now, those who are listening for the first time, I want to encourage you to go back to YouTube or Facebook and you will get the, 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 the beginning of the message. Very, very important message. Hallelujah. On how to stay close to God. This is the sixth uh, 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 part of this. Amen. Number two, stay close to God. Number three, never leave your place of prayer. The place of prayer is very, very important. Never leave the place of prayer. Number four, serve the Lord in his tabernacle. Very important to serve God in his church. Serve God. Do something for God. There is something you and I can do for God in his house. Amen? Amen. Number five, you and I must embrace corrections and rebuke. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, let's turn to 2 Timothy 3, 16. Embrace it. Amen? What do you think? Embrace it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It strengthens us. So it straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. King James Version says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So you will see that let us allow the word of God to instruct us. Even a child, even if the child is eight years old and the child quotes the scriptures, you must be corrected by the scriptures. Even a little child can correct you and say, ah, why aren't you walking in love? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? But the Bible says you must submit to it because it is the Lord's word. Hallelujah. And we must allow the word of God to instruct and to correct us. Amen. Number six, you must make a personal effort yourself. Make a personal effort. Don't rely on Sunday service. Don't rely on weekday service. Don't rely on your pastor to pray for you. Don't rely on a human being to do something for you. Always know that it is God we can deal with. We all have access to God. The Bible says that we must go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to obtain help. You and I, we are to go to God ourselves. Amen. Make the personal effort yourself to meet God, to have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. The, the time of the, the high priest inter, interceding for us is done. The human high priest. The only high priest who is interceding for us is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He ever liveth. 
So rely on God. Have a relationship with God. Speak to God. Let God hear from you and you hear from God. Hallelujah. But nevertheless, we all know that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Even Apostle Paul, when he, he, he met Jesus Christ and got direct revelation from Jesus, he even went to the apostles, the, the leaders, to find out whether he was walking in the right path. And they were able to give him the right hand of fellowship. Amen? So it's very important. But nevertheless, if, if you cannot hear from God yourself, then you are not close to him. You and I must learn to hear from God. And we can only do that by a quiet time. When you have your quiet time or your Bible study, then God is speaking to you. So when you get a thought in your mind and it is not in line with what you have been reading in the Bible, then you know that, no, this thing, I must pray about it or this might not be right. But when you get a thought in your mind, always make sure it is in line with the word of God. Any major decision I make, I try to pray, I try to fast, I try to get scriptures. Hallelujah. And any scriptures that come, I try to make sure that they are in line with the word of God or they are uh, 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 rightly divided. Amen. Because sometimes I can read a verse and it might let me say what it's not saying. So I must make sure that what I'm reading, it is sound and it makes sense. Hallelujah. Very, very important. But you and I must make a personal effort. Number seven, guard your place in God's house firmly. Guard your place. God is the one who puts us in places, but God usually uses a person. God will always use people to, 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 to take us to the place we need to be. Amen. Even in the secular world, it is through who you know. Who you know makes the difference. Amen. Many people think it's only in Africa, but everywhere in the world, who you know counts. Who you know makes a difference. If you know the right people, you will be set up well. In the same way, in the kingdom of God, who you know, when you do good to people, when you honor the people you need to honor, you will do well. Also, remember that as you are honoring people, don't forget to honor father and mother. Because the Bible that didn't say honor your pastor with a promise that you live long and you do well. The Bible says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that you do well. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, God was talking about your biological father in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. The ones, hallelujah. Of course, we have many fathers. Amen. And many mothers, spiritual, uh, what, father in the Lord, father in Christ. All those are very important fathers. But don't neglect your biological parents. Otherwise, you will not, according to the Bible, you are not guaranteed long life or it will not be, it, you are not guaranteed that it will be well with you. Imagine people who insult their parents. I was watching a movie and a woman killed her father. <laughs> killed him. He shot her and she killed, uh, she shot him too and killed him. But she was going there to kill him. Hey, because he was a very terrible guy. He was a guy who had, was leading an organization that was killing young people between the age of, ages of 14 and 30 due to some, I mean, uh, but at the end of the day, she killed her father. <laughs> there are people who slap their parents, all sorts of crazy things. It's a curse. Hallelujah when you do that. So let's remember all those things. Number eight, maintain your interest in spiritual things. Very, very important to maintain your interest in spiritual things. If you don't, you would not be happy with yourself. Amen. Now, let's continue. We're going to, we finish with the eighth. Now, this is very important. Now, for this week, number nine, we would read from Revelation chapter 2. We will start from verse 1 to 5. Revelation chapter 2 from verse 1 to 5. How to maintain your position. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. So Jesus, this is 
the angel writing to the church. This is uh, unto the angel of the church. So there's an angel of the church at Ephesus. There were seven churches. And these seven churches represent all the churches in the world. Every single church in this world, you can find it in, uh, in general, you can find it in one of these seven churches. Or at least some of the activities in these seven churches. Also, every Christian, you can find every Christian in one of these seven churches. For example, now the, the church at Ephesus, I know thy works. Now when you read the letters all the, 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 what Jesus said to all the seven churches, there was one phrase that was common to all. I know thy works. So it means God is monitoring our works. God is monitoring my works. God is monitoring your works. I know thy works and thy labor. Now it means that this is a church where the people are serving God. And thy labor and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and have found them liars, and has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Look at it in NLT. Let's go back to verse 2 and 3. Very important. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work. How many people know people who work very hard in the church? And your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. It means you can even see people who say that, look, I'm a pastor or I'm an apostle or I'm a prophet. And you can find fault in their messages. You can see that they are lying. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. And you can even find false teachers. You have discovered they are liars. Verse 3. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Now wait. What a blessing. How many want that? I mean, I, I, want, I want God to give me that witness. That's a very, very powerful thing. But that will not keep your position. Let's go to the next verse to find out something else. Verse 4. But I have a complaint against thee. Or, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Verse 5. Look how far you have fallen from your first love. Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, I will come and remove your lamp stamp from its place among the churches. Now go to verse 4 and 5, King James, the usual version. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. You have gone away. You have abandoned. You have left your first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Now a Christian who has fallen is not a Christian per se who has just met fornicated. But a Christian who has fallen is also a Christian who has forgotten their first love. So there are many Christians who have fallen and don't realize it. That they are fallen heroes. Remember then, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. You see, when we get to heaven, many of the zealous people who are zealous but are not loving people and are not loving God, but are just zealous and are working, they'll be shocked that it will be zero percent. Zero percent. So as you and I are working and we are serving God and we are doing all the things we need to do for God, let's remember that there is a first love. There is a first love. Very, very important. God says that we are, you see, all the things that were listed, they are better than many of the Christians can do. Many of the people in all the churches around the world, many of them, very few would get, would be able to fulfill verse 2 and 3. Very few. Many people don't know the word. Many people are not laboring. Many people are not enduring the way they should. 
So even the first part, if you are not careful, you not qualify. How much more the second? Now, what does it mean? What does first love mean? First means first or chief or principal or most important. So Jesus is saying that you and I have abandoned, we have forsaken, we have left our first, chiefest, most important love. We have left it. We have left the most important love. We have left it. Hallelujah. And this word love is very, very important. It is the benevolent love. It is, it is the love that, that celebrates the person. It is a love that uh, 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 is interested in the person. We have forsaken our first love. God is saying. So God says you and I must repent and do the first works. The chiefest, most important works we must do. You've left your first love. You have fallen. Now the first works that you used to do when you first knew me. You've forgotten it. So as I was doing my quiet time on this, I started to ask myself, what, were, what was I doing when I first met Jesus? What was important to me? What were my first works? I must go back to them. I'm not per se when you became a Christian in quotes, but when you first knew Jesus. Because many people are even give their lives to Christ, but have not even met Christ at that time. Some people start with an emotional experience, and then later on, as they are in church, they really give their lives to Christ. So when you and I first met Jesus, what, was, what, what were our works? And the works are your task, your employment, your deeds, your actions. Jesus said, I will remove you in relation to me, your position in relation to me, I will remove it. So what am I saying? I'm saying that maintain your position because if you don't, if you don't go back to your first love and your first works, and repent, you, you cannot go unless you repent. You will, Jesus will remove you from your position in relation to him. Hallelujah. So Jesus is watching us. He sees when we work hard for him. When we persevere. When we patiently suffer for him. When we are strong in his house, he sees it when we do not tolerate evil people. When we stand for his truth. But that is not the most important thing in maintaining our position. The most important thing in maintaining our position is whether we are going to keep our first love in relation to him. And we are going to celebrate him. Oh, am I saying something to someone? We are going to esteem him. We are going to make him the foremost. We'll go into details. Hallelujah. We are going to do the works we did for him when we first knew him. Many forget and have abandoned Jesus. They still profess Jesus. They still say Jesus is their Lord, but they've abandoned their love for him. I am in love with you. It's different from I love you. They, have, they, they are no longer in love with Jesus, but they just... Love him in quotes. So the fact that you are zealous for God does not mean that you've kept your first love for him. I said the fact that you are zealous for God does not mean that you, you, you love him with your first love. The fact that you are zealous for God does not mean that when he's looking down from heaven, if you're looking for someone who loves you, look my way. He will look and you will not see love. But may that not be my story or your story. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Speak your word to me and through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Many have abandoned it where Jesus was the center of their lives. And he was all in all for them. The object of their affection is now changed. But Jesus, So Jesus has something against such. Now, you and I cannot... Until we first repent. Remember, you see, we first need to remember 
that we loved God at a point. We first need to remember what we felt for Jesus when he saved us. We first need to remember our first love for him. After remembering, then we need to turn around, repent, make a change of mind and heart that I have, I have fallen. I used to love you, oh God. I used to love you, Lord Jesus, and I used to serve you when I first knew you with a deep service. But I have re realized that I have fallen. And because I have fallen, I now repent and I change my mind. Otherwise, we will not be able to do it. So now, what is the first love? We first need to start from verse 4. You have left your first love. Now, what is the first love? Now, give us three scriptures. And then we'll continue. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 22 from verse 34 to 40. When the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, one of them being a lawyer asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Then Jesus saith, saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Or hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Let's also look at Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. We'll read the scriptures and then we will move. Very, very important. Otherwise, if, as I'm, I'm preaching... I can be preaching. I can win many, many souls. But if I've left my first love, my position will be removed. And I can actually get no rewards. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I do all these things, I have love, it profits me nothing. We, all, we know First Corinthians chapter 13. Sorry, First Corinthians, that's the 12. First Corinthians chapter 13, we all know it. Yeah, I said 13, thank you. And one of the scribes, in fact, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's read from verse 1 to 3, and then we'll come back to Mark 12, 28. Very, very important. Nala Tilly, Saki, Saki. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So if I speak in tongues for, I'm the one who speaks in tongues more than everyone here, it's, not, it's noise to God. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, now this means that this person is operating at high levels. And all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, it means I can say, oh, you have this problem. In Jesus' name, Father God, I pray that it doesn't happen again. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's done. And it is done. And I'm able to move a physical mountain to another place. Or there's a volcanic eruption and I go there and I save the city and I say in Jesus name volcano stop erupting and and it stops wow people CNN powerful CNN will, will broadcast the church will become a million people so that I could remove mountains and have not love I am nothing it's nice to have that but if it, there's no love with it it's nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profited me nothing. Okay, Mark 12, 28 to 34. Love is the key. Love is the message, and the message is love. I don't know why when I was in the world, there was a song, love is the message, and that message is love. It's, it's a song by Reverend... Some, but we were using it in the clubs, dancing with it in the club. God have mercy on us. A song that was supposed to be for Christians. Love is the message and the message. Well, it was a, a, a reverend who sang it. Yeah. yeah. 
And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first or chiefest or most important commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Hallelujah. Now this is very important. What the Bible, what God is telling us, the first love is our love for God, our love for Jesus. Now Jesus was asked, which commandment is the first and most important commandment? And then Jesus said, in Matthew, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind. And then Mark is when you read the same thing in Mark or Matthew or Luke, whichever version, just combine them. Hallelujah. For example, Jairus, uh, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. Matthew and Mark give the account. One says he touched her hand, rebuked the fever. Another says he rebuked the fever and the fever left. So what does it mean? It means he first touched the hand, rebuked the fever, or rebuked the fever, touched the hand, and the fever left. But if you just read one, it will just say he rebuked. When you read uh, Jairus' daughter's account, so you, so you need to combine them. So what does it mean? It means that Jesus, so Matthew decided to just concentrate on what it was needed for the Jews to be satisfied. But Mark wanted to give the full account. Mark is like a movie script, fast, moving quickly. Most likely Peter dictated to John Mark in the Gospel of Mark. That's why Peter is action man. So if you realize, Mark, straight away he went here. Straight away he went there. Straight away he did, did this miracle. Hallelujah. So what is the Bible, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that, number one, you first need to know who you love. I love God. Who? Who are you talking about? What, what do you mean I love God? Who? Which God? Jesus, God wanted us to know that Israel has only one God. Even though he is he's in three persons. Only one God. So Jesus was saying that, that's why he brought the Deuteronomy 6, 4 first. Jesus was saying that you first need to know the national name of God. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love Yahweh Elohim. So Elohim is God, but love the, the, Yahweh, love the God of Israel. So it's the God of Israel, that, the national name of God, the God of Israel. So Jesus was saying that the greatest commandment is what was given in, in Deuteronomy 6.4, which is that you and I must first know that there is only one God, and that God, his name is Yahweh, or what, you know, Y-H-W-H or V-H, whichever pronunciation. The scribes removed it, so we don't really know what it is. Hallelujah. And we, they substitute it with Adonai. When you see Lord, most of the time in the Bible. Hallelujah. So, which God? Know that there is only one God, and there is no other God in the universe. There is only one God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Does that make sense? Number one. Number two, he is the God of Israel. When you know that, then you can love him. So that you know who you are loving. Like uh, 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 John chapter 4 verse 23, 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that I know who I'm worshiping. Who am I worshiping? I'm worshiping the God of Israel. I'm worshiping the God of the universe. Oh glory to God. I'm not worshiping just anything. I'm worshiping the, the God of Israel. The Lord. And God with us and blessed be God I can identify and be very confident who the God is because the God is Jesus Amen. or better to say I can be very confident that my heavenly father as I'm worshiping Jesus as I'm looking onto Jesus I know exactly who I'm worshiping because Jesus Christ is all the Jeho glory Jesus Christ is all the Jehovah that we can know Jehovah Tikenu 
Jehovah Mikedesh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah, he said, I'll be with you always. Jehovah uh, 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 Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Some say Jireh or whatever. I don't even know. I say Jireh. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. So now that we know the God of Israel, God says we must first, the most important, the chiefest, the greatest, that word greatest commandment is the chiefest commandment, the, proton, the, the most important commandment. I don't know if I'm talking to someone here. The most important thing for me is not necessarily to win souls. The most important thing for me is not to have crusades. I must first love God and then the love of God will motivate who oh, glory to God. The love of God will motivate me to have crusades. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. Because in loving God, I'll use my might on that part. I'll use my mind. I'll use my strength. Hallelujah. Otherwise, I'll position, Jesus said it clearly, otherwise I'll remove your candlestick. The candlestick is like your light. The, the candlestick is your light, your relevance. The candlestick, so let your light shine amongst men that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. So the candlestick represents my relevance, my light, and my position in relation to Jesus Christ. So if he removes my candlestick, he will remove my light he removed my relevance. You can still be around, but your light, your relevance will be removed. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Help us, Jesus. So, love God with all your heart. Let's go back to Matthew chapter, sorry, Mark chapter 12, verse um, twenty. Uh, nine, sorry, 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And anytime you see an end, make sure you all have to be satisfied. If A and B and C and D, if you have A, B, C and you don't have D, it will, it, it will not count because of the end. If you have A or B or C or D, any of them will satisfy. That's why sometimes it's good to know maths more. Hallelujah. <laughs> a or B or C. But this one is A and. So you can love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. If you don't love God with all your mind or your, or your strength, it will not hold fully. Because you cannot really love God unless you satisfy all these three. Because anyone who really loves God will satisfy these four. Sorry. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody here. So let's handle them one by one. What do you think? With all thine heart. Now that word heart. So love God, take pleasure in, long for. Do we take pleasure in? Do we long for? Do we esteem him? We must love God with all our innermost being. Our will. Our intentions. Our thoughts. And our feelings. That is what it means to love God with all our hearts. We must also love God with all and every part of our hearts. So it means, when the Bible says love God with all, it means that word all is your whole. Now, it means your whole heart. Now, where would there be space? If you love God with all your heart, where would, where would the space be for your family members? Because that word in the Hebrew and the Greek, that word all, is your whole, your entire. Let me give you an example. Look at Luke 14, 26. And to explain it. If any man come to me and hate not, ooh, that word hate is misio, 3404. If any man come to me and hate not his father, 
and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Amplified. And then I'll tell you what the misio is. That hate. That is the same way it's going to help us to know how to love God with all our hearts, our whole heart. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, you and I are to love God so much that compared to the next person we love, it is almost insignificant. Our love for God compared to our love for our children, our love for God compared to our love for our spouse, our love for God compared to our love for anything in this world should be... So- <laughs> I saw people think you are crazy here. As I'm shouting this thing. People are saying, what? What is he talking about? Uh, our love for God must be so high in relation to our love or in comparison to our love for the other so much that it is insignificant. The love for the other is insignificant. If you, love, if, if you have a million and you have 10,000, Think about it. Now, you also have 20,000 and you have 10,000. Now, if you have from 0 to 20,000, is 10,000 a large number? Yes, because in relation to 20,000, it's very large. It's half. Now, if you have 10 trillion and you have 10,000, will 10,000 be a lot? It will be, it will be grouped with a zero. Yeah. It will be grouped with a zero because if you are grouping, it will be grouped with a zero in the same way God is the trillion in love. And our fellow people are 10,000. Now, when we are relating with each other, your family members, you love them more than you love other people. Not always, but in general. Then you see that is the 20, you can relate to the 20 and 10,000. But when it's related to God, it's trillions versus 10,000. Insignificant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, keep it in Amplified. Go back to Matthew chapter 12 and look at verse 30. This is very, very important. He who is... Matthew, uh, Mark 12, 30. That's why I told my children all the time. What I'm talking about. That I love God more than you. So chill. And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart and out of and with all your soul, your life, and out of and with all your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding, and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. Because David loved God, God made David the first ranking, the chiefest of the kings of the earth. When you love God, it sets you up far above everybody else. When God wants to put someone close to him, it is love. Not perfection, but if you, are, you love and you are perfect, you, you score 100%. But if you are perfect and you don't love, it doesn't count. God chooses love more than perfection. But if you are perfect and you love, 100%. May you and I have 100% in Jesus' name. We must also love God with all our minds, our will, our emotions. We must love him with our strength our ability, our power, our might. What do you think? This also means that in comparison to everything else, our love for God should include our minds, our thoughts, our understanding, our intellect, our insight and disposition. You must not love your pastor more than you love God in disposition, in defending 
the faith in, in, in talking about him. I must talk about God. You, you and when you are doing outreach, you must talk about God, Jesus, more than me. Hallelujah. You must talk about Jesus Christ more than any person. You can't say, oh, uh, Reverend David said this. No, Jesus said this. Because it must be your whole, including your disposition and your thoughts and your intents. Our learning and study of God and knowledge of God must be primary in our lives. So the question is, do we learn about him? Do we study about him? It's hot, isn't it? Matthew eleven twenty-nine. What do you think? The, look, look, I said the primary, the most important thing in our lives before we die is that God knows that there was no one close to him. In everything we do, there is no one close to him in our love for him. There is no one close to him in our love for him with our, all our hearts, with all our thoughts, our emotions. So it means that your whole being, your innermost being, your mind, your will, your emotions, your, your, your thoughts process, everything should be for God. That's the Deuteronomy 6, 5. Everything. Your whole being, your body, everything. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lonely in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and bless. I don't even know why you kept it in Amplified, but okay, for your souls. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for my souls. Now, Jesus is talking to people, and he is telling them, I want you to learn about me. Learn about me. What does verse 30 say? Learn about me. I want you to learn. Make a conscious effort to learn about me. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. But he starts it in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Look at Hosea 4.6. Let me tie it in together. Learn of me. NLT. Learn of who? Me. Learn of who? Uh, 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 uh. Bill Gates. Learn of who? The one who can teach you success. Yeah, you can do all that, but make sure that that's insignificant compared to learning the Bible. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. It is all your fault, you priests, for you yourselves refuse to know me. Now I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Now God is not happy with them because they are not loving him with their mind. Because they are not learning about him. Do you see that? Jesus said, come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Learn of me. So God is trying to also let us know how he feels when we don't learn about him. God is trying to let us see how he feels in Hosea 4, 6. One of the problems they had was that they didn't know him and he was angry with them. Jesus said, all of you who are laboring and are weary and are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, but I want you to learn about me. Know me. Because in part of loving God, love God with all your mind, all your thoughts, all your learning, your intellect. My intellect should be to study God, to study who he is, study what makes him happy, know who he is. Instead of knowing the, 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 the football player who is earning the most money. Don't shut me down, preaching good. Instead of learning about football player or whoever, the baseball, they, people know about all these things. Yes, it's nice to know sports. It's nice to have activities, fun activities. But make sure you know who God is first. Yeah. 
Make sure you know who the Holy Spirit is. Make sure you know who Jesus is. Make sure you know who the Father is. Make sure you know more about God. Learn about the Bible. Read the Bible. Know what upsets God. Know what touches God's heart. you find it in the Bible. Know what you can do that will, tell, that will touch God's heart. And God will say, wow, this person, you are set for life. This is in the Bible. Know it. You can put your hands together for Jesus. And your position will be maintained. This is my quiet time, but this is just a fraction of my quiet time. Your position will be maintained. I'm not saying my there are seven parts. I've not finished yet. Seven parts. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay. So I was going to continue, move on to the first works, but I'll just wrap up with first love because our time is up. So, God, so in summary, God expects you and I to love him so much that in comparison to everyone else, it looks like indifference, disregard, no love, even though you love. Because you can love someone, but the love you have for the other is so high in comparison, that it is as if you don't regard them. It means that instead of spending quality time with your spouse or your children or your beloved all the time, rather make sure you spend quality time with your God first. Then spend the quality time with who you need to. Don't shut me down. I'm preaching good here. Instead of spending time with roadblocks, Spend time with Jesus. After spend, oh, glory to God, hallelujah. After spending time with Jesus, then go to Roblox. <laughs> I just see someone shaking their head. Amen. It looks like hate or indifference, meaning that God wants us to love him so much more than the next, that our love for the next person will be insignificant compared to our love for him. So we must love God in the following areas. Our innermost being, our heart, self, our will, our thoughts, and feelings. Very important. Our feelings. This is, what it means. This is the first commandment before I go and preach. Actually, I should be doing this before I preach. Because this, the first commandment is not to win souls. That would be the third commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. The third is what we are doing. The first commandment is to love God. Second is to love your neighbor. Third is to preach and do the other things that we, we hear about. But we've jumped over. Hallelujah. That's why many Christians, they don't, and it's unfortunate because many Christians should be trying to look for the good of the other Christian. But instead, you, lashes. Yeah. You'll even be surprised that even this message, there are some who be scrutinizing it to look for fault. To go and, go and say, go and talk. And you say you are working in love, first love. Keep doing it. We will see how God will judge us. Hallelujah. Judgment. Hmm. Our heart, self, will, thoughts, and feelings. Did you hear that? Our what? Heart. Our self our will, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires. What is your greatest desire? The boy? What's your greatest desire? The guy? Hey, is that your greatest desire? Your passion. What is your passion? When someone sees you, what would they say moves you? Your beloved? When I look at you, or when someone looks at you, what would they say your greatest passion is? Some people is chasing that girl. <laughs> our emotions, our affection, and our appetite. Is your appetite for food? For meat? For chicken? Or your appetite is for Jesus? Who glory to God for Jesus? You want to eat him? 
meaning it's the word. Our strength, our abilities. What do you use your greatest abilities for? For Pharaoh? Your skill, your mind. Okay, let me figure out how to improve the company to be the best. Let, in fact, let me excel to please my boss. Bravo, I also do that. But what about Jesus? Why don't we use our intellect also to help expand and do the work of God? Our skill. My actuarial skills, I should also use it to help people the work of God. Engineering, nursing, uh, counseling, whatever. You can use it to glorify God. What do you think? So this is the first and greatest commandment. So this would keep our position in relation to God. You and I should repent if we need to, because it's not everyone, because this, if you realize, this was not all, for all seven churches. Some could be halfway, some could have fallen, some could be still there. But at the end of the day, if you are not, if you left your first love, re realize that you've fallen. Remember that you have your, had a first love for God, you've fallen. Repent, have a change of mind, and decide to go back to your first love. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus to go back. To go back. I'm not out of word, I'm just out of time. We will continue next week, God willing. Our first love. Shall we stand to our feet? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Just speak to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we love you. Just ask God to show us more grace, more love. Cause us to love him more. Yes. Oh, yes. Ask the Lord to cause us to love him more. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Wonderful Jesus. If you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are here and you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, if you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell, if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be washed with the blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, then I want you to raise your hands and we'll pray. Just raise your hands where you are. Wherever you are, raise your hands. Let's repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross 
for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. All to Jesus I surrender all. To him I freely give. I will love and trust in him. His presence to give to the Lord. We will use our verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. What will happen? Then your bands will, be, will burst out with plenty. You, you will prosper. You will do well. You will excel. So I want to encourage us to pay our tithe. Our tithe is very important. 10% of our increase. And when we give it to the Lord, the Lord will secure our finances. The Bible says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Or I will steal, I will put a roadblock before the devourer so that the devourer will not touch anything of yours. God promises that. Prove me now, said the Lord, if I will not do that. So God has promised to deliver our everything concerning us, our finances from the devil so that our finances will not be touched by him when we pay our time. 
and he will open, not only will he prevent our things from being taken away, the Bible says he would empty out, that word pour out in the Hebrew is to empty out the blessings, that there will not be enough room to contain it because it's being emptied out. There's a difference, pour and empty. Emptying out is that I'm giving you as, as much as you can take. If you, you, you have a large uh, 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 vessel to receive it, I'll keep emptying it out. So it depends on you. As for the, 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 the blessings, there are so many out there. There are so many in heaven that when he's emptying it out, it means that, look, it's coming until you say it's good or until you are full. Am I seeing an amen? amen? Am I hearing an amen? Amen. amen. Father God, bless our tithe. You can raise your tithe. And let's pray. Father God, we pray that you bless our tithe. Bless it. According to your word, may we be blessed. May you empty out the blessings from heaven. Empty out the things we need. May we receive them. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your offering, I always say offerings are above the tithe. What you give above your tithe is your offering. If you have your offering, I want to encourage you to raise your offering. Give generously to the Lord. Father God, we pray that you bless our offering. Bless it, Lord. Use our offerings to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now, God bless you all. Those watching, I want to say God bless you. Before we give our announcements, God bless you. God keep you. Let's all lift our hands to the Lord. Father God, we pray for the blessings of the Lord, which maketh rich and addeth no sorrows to be your portion. May this week be favorable. May nothing wrong happen this week or next week or the weeks to come. But may favor and blessing be your portion. May you receive good news, good tidings during the week. May things you have been looking for, may you receive them during the week. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining. Shalom. Shalom.